1: The stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Mr. Van Heflin in Anton Peter's production of Song of the Heart, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Well, you explain all that to the officer in the car, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah? Can I help you? Please.
2: I, uh... What? I have a confession to make. A confession? Please, are you the officer that I tell it to?
1: Well, do, I guess.
2: My name is Neil Wilson. I live with Tanta Alice. Aunt Alice at 265 West 19th Street. All right. So? Last night, I, I guess it was early this morning, I killed Tanta Alice.
1: Mike? Yes? You better get this. All right. Go on. You killed your, uh, uh Tanta Alice? Yes. How? Oh. I took a pillow and smothered. Go on.
2: Could I tell you about it? I and mean, all about it? Sure. Well, I have a fine job. I'm the general manager of the hand desk company. I've been with them ever since I got out of school. I'm an orphan. I live with my aunt, with Tanta Alice. You live with your aunt? Yes, I. I don't remember my parents. They died when I was just a little boy in an accident. Tanta Alice brought me up. She was like my own mother. Why did you kill her? I guess I should start when I met Muriel Jones. That was was only last Sunday at the annual company picnic. It was the first time I'd ever been to one. Usually, I I spent Sunday afternoons with Tanta Alice. One was at the picnic from shipping, clerks to executives, everyone. But I sat off to the side by myself, and, well, that's the afternoon that I met Muriel.
3: Having a good time?
2: What? Oh, yes, thank you.
3: (laughs) Isn't it a lovely day?
2: Yes, it is.
3: I'm uh, Muriel Jones, accounting department. How do you do? I'm uh, Neil Wilson. Yes, I know. Do you mind if I sit down here?
2: Oh no, please do. Thank you. It's really a beautiful day, isn't it?
3: Uh, what are you staring at? Well, I I didn't. Don't you like my blouse?
2: Oh yes, very much. I I I wasn't staring.
3: It's a present, a gift from a friend. Oh really? Hmm. I like it because I've been told I had pretty shoulders. Do you think so?
2: Yes, yes I do.
3: Did you come alone? Yes. So did I. I had several invitations, but I turned them down. Why? Did I turn them down? Huh? Because I knew you were going to be here. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen you at the office. You, you always look so strict. <laughs> I, I wanted to meet you, and see if you were.
2: Well, I'm, I'm flattered.
3: <laughs> you should be. Most of the time, all the men chase after me. This is the first time I ever did anything like this. I'm. Got, got a cigarette?
2: Oh, yes, I'm sorry. There you are.
3: Thanks. Match? Yeah. Thanks. And don't you smoke?
2: Well, not just now. Thank you.
3: Uh, would you like to take me home?
2: Well, yes, I would.
3: Should we go now? All right. Aren't you going to help me up?
2: Oh, yes, I'm sorry.
3: Why Mr. Wilson, how strong you
2: You smell of sunshine. What a pretty speech.
3: Do you always kiss young ladies when you first meet them?
2: I never have before.
3: Never met a young lady like me before.
2: No, no, I haven't.
3: Don't kiss me anymore here. Take me home.
2: I'd been out with girls before, but nothing ever came of any of it. I'm too introverted, I guess, to make the first move, and the ladies that I'd known previously were not the kind who'd make the move for me. But Muriel did. And I thought that that meant that she loved me. We drove for a while when we left the picnic, and then I I took her home.
3: I like your car.
2: Would you like to go for a, a ride tomorrow?
3: You mean you'll pick me up in the morning, drive me to work? Well,
2: I'd like to. All right, next About 7.45? Uh,
3: all right. I'll have some coffee ready, if you like. Would you like having your morning coffee with me?
2: Oh, I'm afraid I couldn't. Thanks a lot, though.
3: <laughs> It'll be all right. My girlfriend lives here with
2: me. Oh, no, no. It's it's not that I... I mean, I always have breakfast with Tante Alice. Who? My, my Aunt Alice. I call her Tante. That means aunt.
3: Oh. <laughs> And this is are really, standing out here like we didn't have a place to go. <laughs> Why don't you come in for a few minutes?
2: Well, yeah, I'd like to.
3: That's good. I, I know you'll excuse the looks of the house. I left this morning before I had a chance to straighten things up. You just sit down there. Okay. Here, I'll put these things in the oven room. Is there uh, anything I can get you?
2: No, thanks. It's very comfortable.
3: That's good. Oh, this is nice.
2: You're beautiful.
3: Thank you. Just saying nice things like that. (laughs) Muriel. Muriel, I... What?
2: I've never known anyone like you.
3: You're just saying that.
2: No, no, that's true.
3: Do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. So do I. I knew a girl and a fellow once who got married three days after they met... That was love at first sight, wasn't it?
2: Yes, I'm sure it was.
3: Is that the way you feel about me?
2: Yes. Yes, it is.
3: I knew the first time I saw you it would be like this, didn't you? I,
2: I hoped it would be. Give me a kiss. Will you marry me?
3: I'm Mr. Wilson. I'm
2: well, will you marry me?
3: I should be delighted.
2: I drove home without knowing where I was going. I felt as though As though I'd never breathed before that day. I felt that I was the luckiest man in the world. Oh, yes, Aunt Alice. Did
4: you have a nice day at the picnic, dear?
2: Oh, I had a wonderful day.
4: Well? Aren't you going to kiss me? Oh, sure. Why, Nia, dear. What's that on your mouth? What where? Looks to me like Leprouche. Where? On your mouth, dear. And on your cheek, too. I Neil, dear. Well,
2: I it was... Uh... You
4: better let me wipe it off. Who is the girl? Do I know
2: her? Her name is Muriel Jones. She works at the office in the accounting department.
4: Oh, how is it that I've never met her if you've known her so long? Well, I
2: haven't. i just met her today. you
4: just met her? It... And she...
2: Well, it... Dandy, Alice, it was love at first sight. Was it, dear? Yes, we're going to be married. When, dear? Well, pretty soon, I think.
4: Am I going to meet her?
2: Yes, I'll bring her here to dinner tomorrow night.
4: All right, dear, all right. We'll have a nice dinner for her.
2: Well, you'll like her, Tante Alice. She's a wonderful girl. I'm sure she
4: is, dear. I'm sure. You better get some sleep now. Tomorrow is a work day, you know. Is there something special you'd like for breakfast?
2: I won't be having breakfast here in the morning, Tante Alice. Muriel's fixing coffee for me at her house. Just
4: coffee? That's not enough breakfast for a man with a day's work to do. Oh,
2: coffee's plenty. But
4: you've never had just coffee for breakfast, tea.
2: No, it's, it's enough. Thanks, anyway.
4: All right. All right, then. I'll just have a little fruit juice here for you,
2: before you leave. No, no, never mind, Tati Alice. You, you can sleep in the morning. I'm, I'm having breakfast with Muriel. Yeah. I don't know what time it was when I woke up that night. I'd, uh, I'd been dreaming of Muriel. I remembered the street lights were out. What woke me was some music from downstairs. Tante Alice hadn't gone to bed yet. She was playing one of her old phonograph records. It was a sweet, sad record. And it's a song that I'll never forget as long as I live.
1: sleep and your aunt was playing this record. He's up to the end of the day he met the girl.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: So what happened the next day?
2: Well, the next day, when I got up in the morning, Tata Alice was already up. I don't know, maybe she hadn't even been asleep. The table was set for two in the breakfast room. The poster was out, my fruit juice was on the table, and she was frying bacon when I came downstairs.
4: Neil, dear. Good morning. Early, aren't you? Breakfast will be ready in just a moment.
2: I'm not having breakfast at home. I told you that last night. Oh,
4: that was last night, Neil, dear. Today is another day. I'm having
2: breakfast with Muriel. I have to go now. I'll, I'll see you this evening. We'll
4: have a nice dinner, Neil, dear.
2: I'm bringing Muriel home for dinner with me.
4: Tonight? Oh, but, dear, that's hardly warning enough.
2: You said last night that you wanted to meet her. But
4: so soon, dear?
2: Now, listen to me. I'm bringing a girl home for you to meet. I love this girl. I want you to be nice to her. I don't want a fiasco like the last time. Neil, please, dear. I don't want you pouting and sulking this time. I don't want to have to apologize for your actions.
4: I think that will be all, Neil, dear. I think
2: that's enough. If you aren't going to behave yourself properly, now just say so now and, and we'll not come home for dinner. That's up to you. I'm
4: only thinking of you. Now, don't be cross. Give me a big smile like you used to when you were a <sighs> little boy. All right. How's that? Oh, you can
2: do better than that. Oh, now, please, Tante Alice, I'm late. I'll, I'll see you at dinner.
4: All right, dear. You call me from the office if you decide to bring her home for dinner.
2: We'll be home for dinner. I'm telling you now, I don't have to call you from the office.
4: You call me, dear.
2: You see, the last time I tried to bring a girl home, Tante Alice, had acted just the same way. She'd behaved so badly that I'd never done it again. That had been after the junior class party at high school. This 13 years ago, and I'd never done it again. I waited for Muriel after work that evening, and we drove toward my home together.
3: Hold your head still so I can kiss you.
2: <laughs> Let's get married tomorrow.
3: Why, Mr. Wilson, I thought... No, really. Well, uh, What about your Aunt Alice? What about her? She won't be angry at me, stealing you away from How her? How
2: should she be?
3: Well, the uh, way well, she's hung on to you... For instance, why doesn't she live by herself? Well, I don't
2: know. We've been together so long.
3: Sure, but after all, she's only your aunt. You've got a life of your own to lead. She's got enough money to live by herself. Well, oh, it's not
2: money. She's quite well. How did you know she had money?
3: Oh, I heard someone at the office talk about
2: it. Oh. Look, incidentally, Aunt Alice might act a little strangely when I bring you in the house. Just don't pay any attention to her. If she tries to do anything or say anything to upset you, promise me that now. Huh? I promise you.
3: I can understand her being upset at someone taking you away from her, though. <laughs> After all, it takes one to know one.
2: The rest of the ride home, we didn't talk near her, just sat close to me. She held my hand in hers. I me. Mean, I'll, I'll
3: take your coat. Oh, thank you.
2: Come on, let's go into the living
3: room. What's that playing?
2: Oh, that's the phonograph.
3: <laughs> Pretty old machine, isn't it? Oh, well, that's the...
2: the uh, yeah, it's the record scratching. <laughs> it's what she was playing last night.
3: What is it? French?
2: Yes, Santa Alice has a collection of old records. And this is the first time she's played them in years since I was in high school. Where is she? I don't know. She must be in the kitchen.
3: Well, I might as well sit down, I guess. Oh, I forgot to ask you... Are my seams
2: straight? What? Oh. <laughs> yes, sir. It <You> looks straight.
3: <laughs> so hard to keep your stockings straight. I never can get mine
4: long enough. Well, what? good evening, working people. Oh, good
2: evening, Tante Alice.
4: And, and this must be Mabel. No, no,
2: it's Muriel. Uh, Muriel, this is my aunt, Miss Alice Trimble. Uh, Tante Alice, this is Muriel, Miss Muriel
4: Jones. How do you do? Oh, please sit down. Dinner will be ready soon. Is the phonograph too loud? I was just saying, Come over. Yes, it
2: is a little loud, Tante Alice. Oh, hey. oh That's
4: better. Is there anything I can do to help? No, no, that's all, my dear. Just last minute things like the gravy. I'll do them in a bit. I'll just sit here with you two young people for a while. Oh, my, I've had a day. Be to meet Neil's latest young lady. He always does this to me. Calls suddenly in the middle of the afternoon and says, I'm bringing a young lady home for dinner. Why do you Most say what's wants to marry, as so though he thinks. As he said, he wants to marry you. Be careful of him. He's a devil. Sorry, Alice, day. please.
2: Now, that's not true.
4: Can you imagine wanting to get married before you really get to know someone? Did Neil tell you we're going to get married? He did ask you then.
2: Oh, Neil. Shame on you. Shall we have our dinner?
4: In a moment, dear. In a moment. You poor little girl. And Neil has been acting the Don Juan with you also. You poor dear. Well, excuse me. I'll let you hear some of my records while I make the gravy.
2: Would you like me
4: to help? No, no. You stay with the young lady. Uh, Muriel, is it? I can handle things alone at once. And after all, if she should ever come back here again, I want her to think kindly, but... Wasn't that a nice dinner? Very nice, thank you. Did you enjoy your dinner here, dear?
2: This is very nice, Todd Neil, would you like a cigarette?
4: Thanks. Neil, dear, don't you think you should take the girl home now so that we can go to
2: bed? Well, you can go, Tanya Alice. We'll sit here for a while.
4: Well, all right. I'm very tired. Good night, young lady. I do hope you stop in and see us again someday. I'm always delighted to meet Neil's friends. Neil, dear, you haven't oiled my door.
2: What am I going to do with her? What am I going to do?
4: I don't
3: think I've ever been treated oh, that Oh, I'm way.
2: sorry, darling. Please believe me. I'm sorry, but what can I do? How can I get rid of
3: her? Just leave. When we're married, we'll oh, leave.
2: Oh, she'll follow us. I'm, I'm all she has in the world. I, I wish she were dead. Me? No, I wish she were dead. What good is she to anyone? Hanging on for dear life to me, holding me, afraid that I'll go out on my own and have my own life and that you have no part of it. Oh sure, she's been good to me and she worked for me. But I've been good to her too, and I I have I've helped her.
3: We'll go away together.
2: She won't follow us.
3: I have you enough money?
2: Well, I think so. Yes, I have enough. And then there's always her money. She has it lying all over the house. She doesn't believe in banks.
3: You could take some of that. I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: oh, listen. We better be quiet. She, she'll hear us.
3: No, right. I'll turn the phonograph on then. She won't. You're right, though. The what? What use is she? She has money, which she doesn't need. She's unhappy living alone. It would kill her to live alone. I, I hate to say this, dear. I, I won't live in the same house
2: No, me. no, I, I don't blame you.
3: I was thinking there are a lot of people whose time is finished.
2: Yeah. You
3: know, they, they've done all they're good for.
2: I, I read once where eskimo was put their aged people on ice floes and push them out into the ocean. No ceremony, no sorrow. Just that it's the end of their time of usefulness, was, and that's that. Neil. You know, it. It would be doing her a favor. She she wouldn't know.
3: Well, you did say she wouldn't live long without you, Neil, but. She'd probably die of loneliness.
2: She's never been alone.
3: And if she is going to follow us, like you said, then I'm sorry I can't marry you, Neil, and that's hard for me to say because I love you. I don't think I've ever been in love before. Never before you.
2: I need you, Neil, very badly. I. I think that we should have the opportunity to make good with our lives.
3: Sure we should.
2: But oh, how? As,
3: as gently as possible.
2: Yes. You now I think... Uh, what? Well, after she's asleep tonight, just put a pillow over her face. No one will ever know.
3: It would be doing her a favor, Neil.
2: Uh, look, they, they couldn't tell. I mean, they... Well, they... How
3: could they? But she's old. She's smothered in a sleep. Yeah, that's right could use her money to go away. After all, she won't need it. That's true enough. Uh, it's here now?
2: Well, all of it. It's in cash, $5,000 or something. Mary, you know, look, you do love me now, don't you? No, I do. Kiss me. What was that? Oh, oh, oh. oh Auntie Alice.
4: Yes, dear, dear. I was listening to the record playing. I'm so glad you children enjoy. it. You can love this song. You know what it means? No. No, I don't. Turn it off, please, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel so odd tonight. I think I should like to tell you a story before I go to sleep. Would, uh, would the girl mind?
3: Go ahead.
4: That record tells a story about the boy and his mother. The boy lived at home with his mother. And the boy met a girl. And the mother didn't like the girl and warned the boy away from her. But the girl used all of her wiles on the boy, and the boy turned against his mother. And the girl told him that proof of his love for her would be that he killed his mother. And proof of the killing would be that he brought the girl his mother's heart. And so the poor boy killed his mother and took her heart to bring it to the girl. And on the way, he stumbled and fell, and the heart escaped his hands. And before he could get to his feet again, or even see if he was injured from the fall, the heart spoke, and the heart said to him, Are you hurt, my son? I cried when I heard that song the first time. I just said.
2: You'd better go to sleep now. It's late.
4: Good night, dear, dear. Sleep well. Sleep well.
3: (coughs) What an unpleasant.
2: She knows all sorts of things, like that fable sort of. She gets older, she quotes them to me at great length.
3: Will it? Take her long to go to
2: sleep No, no, no. She's told me a story now. She'll go right to sleep now. We sat there and waited. Not saying anything, not touching one another, just waiting. Finally, after about an hour, Muriel suddenly kissed me. She kissed me hard and she held me close to her. And I got up and I walked quietly over to Tata Alice's door. I opened it. and I walked into her bedroom. She was sleeping on her back. I took a pillow from her chaise and then... Just as I was about to put it over her face, I thought I saw her eyes move. Waited. Now, if I was mistaken, she was sleeping soundly, just as she always did. I lowered the pillow softly over her mouth and nose and, and I held it there. Watched her chest until there was no movement from her breathing. Then I opened her bureau drawer and took out her money box. and Then Muriel and I left the house. All right? Yes, yes, all right.
3: I don't feel badly. You did a good thing. It's just like a mercy killing. It was for her own good. I know that. We've got each other now and a whole life to live together without any interference. I know. I'll drive. Poor baby, you're upset. All right. Uh, can I have the keys?
2: Yes, yes, right here. Oh. What? What?
3: Did you take the pillar off her face?
2: Oh, no, 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 I forgot.
3: Run back and do it. Uh, You can leave the box on the seat. Hurry now.
2: leave, and I knew what it meant. And I didn't do anything about it. I just stood there. I wanted to cry. I didn't go into Tanta Alice's room. I just stood there. After a while, I opened the front door again, and sat down on the steps and waited for the light to come. And all night long, I heard the record playing in my brain, and I heard Tanta Alice saying, and the heart spoke, and the heart said to him, are you hurt, my son? Is that it? That's it.
1: I'll type it up for him to sign. All right, Mike.
2: She's driving my car, but I don't care. I mean, if you want to catch her, she's driving my car. we you'll catch her. What do I do now? You
1: come with me. Funny you're coming in here this morning. Although, of course, we'd have had a routine investigation anyway. Because the pillow was still on her face? Uh, well, yeah. Although she might have had a heart attack or the pillow might have smothered her without her knowing it, most accidental deaths are pretty strange. Much stranger than the planned ones. No, I meant that you didn't look at the room very closely when you went in there to kill your aunt. Yeah, uh, in here. What,
2: what do you mean that I didn't look at the room very closely?
1: Your aunt was a pretty smart cookie. And I guess she was really looking out for you warning you with that song, anticipating what you were planning. We were over there this morning. The door was open, the prowl car spotted it, and went to see what was cooking. Must have been after you left to come down here. They found your aunt's body, but they turned in a sort of routine report. Routine? Yeah. This case looked open and shut. Because right next to the bed on her night table, in her own handwriting, your Tanta Alice left a suicide note. Thank you, Van Heflin, for a splendid performance. Mr. Heflin will return in just a moment. Boy, that show was a knockout. Well, thanks for letting us listen, Frank. Always glad to do a friend a favor. Well, you must have lots of friends, Frank. You do plenty of folks a favor.
0: Telling them about autolight resistor spark
1: plugs. Well, Hap, every
0: car owner who switches to autolight resistor spark plugs does himself a favor. When you replace your narrow-gap spark plugs with the sensational new wide-gap autolight resistor spark plugs... You can tell the difference in your car. You got advantages like smoother idling and saving gas. So always remember. Autolite means spark plugs, ignition engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means batteries, stay full batteries. Autolite means ignition systems, the lifeline of your car.
1: And now here again is Mr. Van Heflin. It's always a great pleasure to join
2: Tony Leader and his fine cast of suspense actors on radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And speaking of thrills, there are plenty in store for you next week when suspense brings you wonderful Madeleine Carroll in The Morrison Fair. Another gripping study in...
1: Suspense.
0: Mr. Van Heflin appeared by arrangement with Metro-Golden-Mayer, producers of Julia Misbehaves, starring Greer Garson and Walter Pidgeon. Doreen Tuttle played the part of Tanta Alice, and Betty Lou Gerson was Muriel. Tonight's suspense play was written by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morowick and conducted by Lud Bluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Madeline Carroll... In The Morrison Affair.
3: This is the Autolite Suspense Show. Go slow. Death and danger travel in fast company. Good night. Switch to Autolite.
0: This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week the Columbia Broadcasting System.